Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about doctrine and theology. These are topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, or out of their reach, and we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives that we lead. We do this because we agree with what theologian J.I. Packer said. The question is not, are we good at theology? The question is, do we know God? Where it can Kitchen Table Theology, we want to help strengthen your faith doctrinally, for you to become knowledgeable in and of the word theologically, and to grow in your love for Jesus exponentially. Today's podcast continues the 33 things that occur instantaneously at the moment of salvation to every believer. And we're almost finished with almost, this series. Yeah. Just a few more to go. We've already discussed many of the treasures of this divine grace, beginning with episode 104. And if you missed any of these podcasts, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. But before doing that, we want to thank you for leaving, as always, us ratings and reviews. One recent review from Bond number 97. Different than 007, I guess. Bond number 97. Yes. Says, love the way you all teach. And as a Bible teacher, I feel that I always learn something new and you make it easy to understand. You're a blessing to my wife and me. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. That's incredibly kind of you. As always, we do love doing the podcast and we are grateful for each and every review because it helps us to get the word out and more people to get connected with Kitchen Table Theology. So, Let's get started for today. Hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. Thanks for joining us. Jen, what comes to mind when I say the word household? Household. Okay. Like quick answer. Household budget. Household chores. Household stress. Household (laughs) crazy. Household fun. Do people come to mind or household signs, you know, that say live, laugh, love. Oh, and you I know, bet you've got those I'm, all over your house. Oh, I tried not to. No? I, I tried to pull away from that. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't plastered your no, walls with Hobby you, Lobby signage? Uh, yeah. Well, that's another topic for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So household, lots of different things. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the reason I ask, and that's probably what most of us, when we hear the word household, is exactly what we think about. As Christians, we are all part, did you know, of two households, Mm -hmm. the household of our natural family and the household of faith or the household of God. And understanding the relationship between these two households is so meaningful that God, he really expended a lot of time and energy in the Bible to give us clear pictures of how both of these households should function. So on today's podcast, we'll learn about how, at the moment of salvation, the believers brought into the household of God, and what that really means. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm thinking about it, and my sister and I grew up in a household in which family was a priority. Our parents were adamant that we were there to support each other and back up and be loyal to our family members. And if my sister and I ever, so very rarely, of course, did we get upset with each other, <laughs> argue sure about something. You upset with her. No, and she I think was never our biggest argument involved a remote control, and she ended up like knocking me over the head with the remote control. That's probably the one I remember the most. And then our daddy inevitably would come along and say, hey, y'all got to work this out because 
all you got is family. Yep. You know, I mean, he grew up Alabama, you know, that family's everything. Mm-hmm. Family's everything in the South, I think, in general. And, you know, hopefully across across the world, that's the case. But we were we feel really fortunate that we had parents who provided that for us, because I think my sister and I are a lot like we've grown just closer and closer yeah. as we've gotten older. We, for we sure. tried to drill that into our three daughters that when everybody else goes sideways on you, you always will have each other. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, it just really does our hearts well, Darlene and I, because they are, they are close. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to watch all three of them raising children together is so much fun. And oh, it was, for sure. There was, there was great rejoicing today on a family text thread. Uh, we call Fam Jam. So mm-hmm. Fam Jam never shuts down, <laughs> you know. And we got a picture of the six month old. This was her first attempt at cereal. Oh, at gotcha. Actual food today. Uh-huh. And they said she shoved. She actually <laughs> grabbed the spoon and stuck it in her She's mouth. She's hungry. Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, the, the Bible teaches in so many places about the importance of our earthly family, which is God ordained, just as a reminder. And it's one of the pillars of humanity that Satan often attacks and tries to destroy. I mean, we see that all the time. And yet the Bible also teaches that our spiritual family is essential. So Jen, let's use two verses today to get us started. So how about reading Ephesians 2.19 and then Galatians 6.10 for us? So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. And that's Ephesians 2.19. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially those who are of the household of the faith. So there we we, we hear we're members, fellow citizens, which we talked about in our last podcast, mm-hmm. of God's household, and then there's the household of faith, same household. So let's take a brief look at some key elements that define us as Christians in God's household. It means that we have God as our Father. Let's let's just begin there. And then it means we have our needs met. And we saw in our last podcast that we have access to all the resources of, of God as our King. We've got a large and loving family. Boy, do we have a large family. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes right around the globe. And we are part in God's family of something much bigger than ourselves. And that that gives us purpose and eternal significance. And then also we have an internal, eternal inheritance. Like people often receive an inheritance here from their earthly family. We have an eternal inheritance. Okay. Well, let's start to unpack those things a little bit. First, you said that we have God as our father. Yes. And so to be part of the family of God means having God as your father. And most people think that God is the father of everyone. I mean, how often have you you heard that? Oh, mm-hmm. we're all God's children. Mm-hmm. God's the father of everyone. However, Scripture teaches us that this is simply not the case. Since the fall of Adam and Eve, all mankind has been born in sin, and therefore we're alienated from God. And now, while God is the creator of us all, he is not the father of us mm-hmm. all. He's only father to those who through the powerful working of the Spirit believe in and receive Jesus Christ and believe and hold on to His sacrifice for their sins. And they've been reconciled to God and they've been adopted into His family. We did a whole podcast on adoption not that long ago. I think that's in this series too. Mm. Or it may not be. I shouldn't say these things when I don't really know where they are, but it's we've done one. And the only way to have God as one's Father 
is to have Jesus Christ as one's Lord and Savior. And to follow up on that, I think it also means that since God is our Father, we then experience His love for us in that way, right? right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about this. You've given sermons on this about that word Abba in the Bible. You know that for us, it's the equivalent of Daddy. I think this has to be probably one of the greatest blessings of being a part of God's family. Yeah, the the thing that I often remember, you know, I've I've run into people that have really grabbed that concept, God, Daddy God, and I climb up into his lap, and that's all well and good, but we've <laughs> got to juxtapose that with a holy fear and reverence of God. So I like to think of God when I'm thinking of my relationship with him and I approach him, I can approach him as Daddy Sir. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that just strikes the proper balance, at least in my mind, of the way that we're to be approaching him as our father. Sure. Well, so having God as a father is a part of that. And then you said that we all have or we have all of our needs met. Mm -hmm. I want to hear more about this because I might have some needs right now. (laughs) Well, don't we all? (laughs) You know, to be part of the family means having your needs met. And we know that those who have God as their father, right, we have access to him in prayer. And communicating with him and bringing our requests directly to his throne of grace is a privilege known only to those who become part of his family through faith in the saving work of Christ. So God has given us everything we need, not only to live down here, but to live godly lives down here. So he's promised not only to meet our material needs, but also our spiritual ones. And that comes with the territory of being his child and being in his family. Okay, so, so far we have having God as our Father, having our needs met, and next is that we have this large and loving family. Yeah, we've got a huge, loving, large family. Those who've received Christ have Him as Lord, Savior, and even an elder brother. You're going to have to stop there. Jesus is an older brother. (laughs) Yes. That's kind of new for me. So where did you get that from? I'm sure that many of us haven't heard that. I just made it up. Oh, okay, good. No, I get it from the New Testament. (laughs) Romans informs us Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Mm. Colossians, Hebrews, Revelation all refer to Jesus as the firstborn of what? This family that we're talking about here. You know, some believers have had to leave or have been forsaken by their blood relatives. Mm. They've had to leave the family because of, let's just say, their faith in Christ. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, they have received a hundredfold as many brothers and sisters in the faith. So if you've lost mother, father, sister, brother because of him, he says you will receive a hundredfold Mm -hmm. back in other brothers and sisters. And Jen, because we become members of God's household instantaneously at the moment of salvation, we have a purpose in this life as well that has eternal significance. Being part of God's family, we're given spiritual gifts that we use to grow and, and strengthen the family, which is the body of Christ. So as family members, we've, we've, got, we've got the duty and the privilege to extend, and this is really cool, I think, we, we have this privilege to extend the invitation to other people to believe in Christ and become family members mm-hmm. with us, which I think is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes sense because we've got that joint heirs thing as well. Right. And you think about when you're an heir, it's usually the brothers and the sisters that, yeah. that are the heirs. So. Hmm. Well, it's just one of the many facets of Christ and who he is because of what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's our eldest brother in the faith. And we're, they're talking about the firstborn. And of course, the, the huge difference 
between us and him, outside the fact that he's God and we're not, mm-hmm. he lived a perfectly sinless life, mm-hmm. which we marted up the day we were born. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick review here. Instantaneously at the moment of salvation, we're brought into the household of God. And when that occurs, we receive God as our father have our material and spiritual needs met, have a large and loving family, and become a part of something bigger than ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is really what all of us want, right? Giving us purpose and eternal significance. That's a lot. But you already said that something else comes our way. We receive an eternal inheritance. So what does that exactly mean? Well, unlike a temporary, uh, sorry, not temporary, temporal, Mm -hmm. you know, earthly material inheritance that some children receive from their natural parents here on earth. Believers in Christ receive an imperishable, these are Bible words now, imperishable, unfading, eternal inheritance from their Father in heaven. First Peter 1.4 tells us that we will obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So how cool is that? Mm. And in Peter's second letter, We discover that those who've received Christ and can call God Father will inherit eternal life in a resurrected body on a new earth. So that's part of the inheritance. We get that resurrected body. And so I won't be limping anymore (laughs) in the new body. Of course, the crown jewel, I think, of this whole inheritance thing will be the this eternal joy and delight Mm -hmm. that we'll know of dwelling in the presence of and and having this loving fellowship with the Lamb of God, the light of lights, the Lord and Savior, King Jesus. And that's just yet another wonderful truth that God brought us into his very own household at the moment of salvation. And we are the beneficiaries of so, so very much. And all of this is instantaneous at the moment of our salvation. Well, Kitchen Table Theologians, thanks again for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen. It helps new listeners find the show, and we want to spread the Kitchen Table Theology love. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. Please log on to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, You can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.